0: Good evening, everyone. <laughs> it's, it's the most uh, well behaved that the uh, Adelaide United fans have been for as long as I can remember. Normally you're like up and about, you're really loud. so. Thank you very much, it's a very calm Thursday night. Uh, my name is Jared Walsh, it's a pleasure to be here in Club United. For our Members Forum, I'd like to begin this evening by acknowledging the Ghana people, the traditional custodians whose ancestral lands we gather on. We acknowledge the deep feelings of attachment and relationship to the Ghana people to country and we respect and value their past, present and ongoing connection to the land and cultural beliefs. Can you believe that we are here heading into the 23-24 season? The Isuzu Ute A-League Men's Competition and the Liberty A-League Women's Competition were almost labelling our season's unfinished business because we have a lot of work to do and we know that we can certainly get the job done. Um, If you haven't been here to Club United before, this is actually my my first time here in Club United on the microphone because normally I'm I'm down on the pitch. It looks absolutely outstanding Um, and I know that uh, throughout the FIFA Women's World Cup this place was used regularly as well. Did anybody go to the FIFA Women's World Cup when it was here in Adelaide? Um, It was absolutely outstanding. I can see Antonis down there who did an amazing job. Can we just give him a round of applause? Like representing South Australia on the international stage. You were there at the final, you somehow flogged a media pass and you were reporting for everyone. But the work you do across South Australia is amazing, mate. The work we all do across South Australia because I think it was great to come back here to Cooper Stadium and to be really proud of what football can do, not just for this city but also our country um, hopefully we've grabbed on to a few casual supporters and we can go hey where have you been this whole time because we've been supporting football from day one so we are hoping that they turn up in a couple of weeks time when our a-league women come here at Cooper Stadium that would be fantastic I highly recommend you tell your friends and family to come to uh, before I get any further I wanted to thank our partners Flinders University you McDonald's kite property RAA Australian outdoor living Comwire IT and Adelaide venue management who are hosting us this evening and uh, a massive thanks to Max Events to our AV Apply this evening. Uh, we got some prizes tonight as well. Uh, not one, but two door prizes to give away to some lucky members. A signed A-League Men and A-League Women home kit. They look amazing too. Celebrating the 20th anniversary of the club, you would notice with our home shirt, it is paying a bit of respects back to our release from uh, 20 years ago. But the away shirt as well, the white one, looks brilliant. That was available for purchase from this week. Get in very quickly make sure you stay until the end to find out who the winner is. So tonight we are going to reflect on the past 6 to 12 months and look forward to what the new season is going to bring for both our men and women as we prepare to kick off the season with a standalone match here at Cooper Stadium for our A-League women. I know that Adrian Stenter will talk about that really soon. I think it's quite fitting that we do that. The women deserve the opportunity to play as many games as possible here um, at Cooper Stadium and, as I said, it's... It's a really busy time of the year, around October and November, so we can't encourage you anymore to get here. as many people as possible and give our A-League women the opportunity they deserve to play in front of a huge crowd. Um, To begin we're going to have our very first panel discussion very soon followed by some player insights and then our second panel discussion. So our panels will consist of our chief executive officer Nathan Cosmina, our chair Ned Morris, our A-League men's head coach Carl Viet, our women's coach Adrian Stenter, our new captain for our A-League men, Ryan Kiddo, and women's captain, Izzy Hodgson. Uh, Some items up for discussion are general football update across both men's and women's programs, our club direction, youth development, our 20 years, And you all have submitted some questions as well so thank you so much for doing that we have had a stack of questions submitted we are going to try to get to them all Um, and also i'll be asking some of those questions on behalf of you so reading them out but then we will throw to the floor as well which will be brilliant you will have the opportunity to ask questions the one thing i would suggest i know that um tonight we could have about 15 hours dedicated to craig goodwin Um, and that's fair enough right Uh, when someone is going to ask a question about that, and so am I, um, the only thing I would say is we'd like to give as many people an opportunity as possible to speak. So if you feel that your question has been answered in a response to another question, then we don't really need to continually go over stuff. We're here to to make this um, as efficient as we can for you, but we also want you to be heard and to get your questions answered. And this is something, uh, an initiative by the club where they're so grateful for your support and they wanna be open and transparent with you about what's going on in the future of Adelaide United. So let's get into our first panel discussion. Can you please put your hands together for our CEO, Nathan Cosmina and our chair, Ned Morris. Gentlemen, good evening. I wanted to start with you, first of all, Ned. Um, let's just talk about this facility to start off with because, as I said, it's the first time I've been in here and we, we've now had over 12 months to celebrate the upgrade of Cooper Stadium and now we've hopefully got the flow-on effect from a FIFA Women's World Cup. This is outstanding and a great opportunity to experience the football a little bit differently heading into this season.
1: Thanks, mate. Thank you and welcome, everyone. And this is my, obviously my first fans' forum or members' forum, so... Welcome, everyone, and it's very exciting to be here. Yeah, the the stadium's come up absolutely amazing, and to see the grass here. um, I went to a couple of the games of the Women's World Cup and I was lucky enough to go to a few different venues around Australia. Um, And when you compare them back to Cooper's, I think we've got the best, best stadium in Australia by far.
0: What about you, Nathan? Good evening to you. Um, You've got to experience this now for a while, but you've also been part of a very long journey with the upgrade of Cooper Stadium, and now we can um, see what it actually feels like being in here. Um, It's a pretty proud time to be part of the club, but also, finally, it it feels world-class
2: here. It is. Does everyone hear me okay? It... um It is. We were obviously here in, I think, 2018, we started looking at the designs for the stadium, and we always, and a lot of familiar faces um, here, (coughs) no doubt have been coming for a long time, but we always loved the place, and it felt good. It's only after you get the upgrade you really start to experience a world-class facility, as I was bragging about. For a long time after, the lights are two and a half thousand lux. They actually had to turn them down from three thousand because it's above FIFA standard, which is something that's very unique. But you plug that into new screens, new audio, new corporate space up here. General amenities have been completely refitted out. So uh, we like to think it's, it's given um, what was an ageing stadium, um, albeit, in my opinion, still the best in, in the league prior to, to the upgrades. It's well and truly is now and I think will be for the next ten years.
0: Tell you what, I loved watching the World Cup here, but I also loved watching it on TV, knowing that a lot of states in Australia don't have what we have here. So to have South Australia and Cooper Stadium on the international map—was there a moment where you took a, a seat back and had a lot of pride going? The, the venue we have here is is world class. Um, I know there was discussions that November. Um, I was pretty confident that Adelaide was going to get a Socceroos game. It was between us or Melbourne, and if we had it here, I would have loved to have the, the game here. It would have been outstanding. But how much pride do you have of this venue, but also the people like the Adelaide United members coming to um, to come and have a look at this international tournament?
1: And where did you watch that from?
2: Yeah, well, I was watching it from Portugal. Uh, so I won't pretend I was here. But no, it is. as was spruiked about for a long time with this place. It's the only purpose-built football stadium in in the country and you only have to look around there's not a another venue in the country that has the, the uh, letters of the club embossed in the seats so it's, um, it's purpose built, it's been here since 1960, it's been the, the home of football in this state for, for a long, long time and now to have it sort of recognised I think for watching it on TV, it's, it's much better than any other venue as well in Australia. So to have it recognised now, because I know initially FIFA weren't going to approve it, it had a lot of shortcomings, it didn't meet with their standards, but our, our line from the start working with AVM was that it's actually the best atmosphere and best venue in the country and it's good that they, they came on board with that.
1: And it was voted such by the players in the A-League last year as well.
0: We also, as uh, a venue, I-, I noticed walking around the, the back of the club the other day, like um, some of the infrastructure from the World Cup has been left for us uh, for our season as well. Is that correct? So some of the players' benches and things like that. Do we have the yeah, opportunity we've to got, use them?
2: we've got new benches, which... Um those benches that we've been using for a long time are from the Asian Cup in 2015, so they were well and truly past their use-by day. But uh, new benches, some, some behind-the-scenes infrastructure upgrades um, that came on the back of last season for us. Nothing that will have a drastic impact on the fan experience, but operationally the back-of-house has been improved again. So what... It's uh, it's it's home, but it's now at a standard that we can truly be proud of, which is nice.
0: Ned, you've been in the role uh, for over six months now. Uh, what are your overall impressions of the club?
1: Uh, it's an amazing place. So I've had a very busy six months since I've got here. Um, the large focus has obviously been on building the, the foundations for success, um, and there's been a huge amount of investment across the, across the organisation. So we've focused on bringing in new standards to the organisation, both in our personnel um, and our operations. We've been focused on bringing proper governance across the organisation. And we've had a clear focus on financial investment into the organisation. So I think a lot of people here wouldn't be aware that the owners have invested $8 million into the club over the last six months. Um, We're completely debt free. I don't think we've ever been debt free in our existence. So we've never been in a stronger financial position. Uh, We've invested heavily both on and off the field. We've uh, we've got a new uh, technical director in place. We've invested heavily into sports tech to ensure our men's and women's players have access to the best possible tools to ensure that we're um, at the cutting edge of football um, and that's global standards. Um, And then both our men's and women's list, we've invested uh, another 30% year-on-year to our, our women's list. Um, and then off-field we've invested heavily in, into the office. We've got a whole ream of new personnel in the organisation across uh, marketing, HR, finance, uh, comms, our digital team, etc. So yeah, it's been a really busy period.
0: Can I ask you about that as well, Nathan, because that's one of the things that I notice when I walk into the club and, and hang around like a bad smell, which I always do. Um, To to see the the increase of the staff, but it's not just the increase of staff, it's the increase of talented staff, and I feel like um, a lot of the new staff have been really targeted from other professional sporting organisations, or they're elite in their field, including um, Mario Sannon, who's moved into the role of football director, so we are handpicking the best available people to do the best job, Where we're growing off-field too.
2: Yeah, the reality of last year is we were still set up for COVID, so... 21-22, 21-22 we were under restrictions the whole year for those that are remembering it was the last game our final here we played against City that we didn't have masks so we might have been one game even in preparation for last season we were in, in COVID protocols with the football team so it uh, we evolved out of that pretty quick when when the stadium opened SA Health we, we finally didn't have to deal with them anymore and we started to operate commercially again. On the back of that, we we needed to invest in in resources. And um, one of the first priorities for Ned coming on board and also in discussion with Core Adrians, the the major shareholder, was that, well, we need to, if we want to take this club to the next level on and off the field, we need the personnel behind the scenes. Now, it's not always as glamorous (coughs) to be investing in office staff, um, but we think it'll bear fruits on the field. As Ned mentioned, a lot of that's gone in around the football programs. Um, Adrian Stenter... I don't think we've actually announced yet, but has been appointed full-time as a women's coach, which is a, a really big win for us. Um, we've got an extra headcount in marketing, extra in media, extra in football. So there's a number of activities going on behind the scenes that I think won't be immediately apparent in terms of outcomes for fans, but will ensure our, our on- and off-field success for the longer term.
0: Let's talk about football. Uh, Ned, we... I think just need to say the name Craig Goodwin and then hand it over to you because you've always been pretty transparent and open with the members and now it's an opportunity. I know you spoke with Network 10 today and for those of you who didn't see it, you can, you can go and see that on or your, your social channels and 10 play a little bit later on. But um, can you talk us through the Craig Goodwin situation from a club's perspective?
1: Yeah, like uh, I think it was a, a, a shock to everyone to obviously hear about what happened. It was certainly a shock to us when Craig and his management bought the... ...the proposal to us so close to the start of the season. Uh, We as an organisation were very clear with Craig... ...and his management from the start that he was a value play here. Um, I think from my own personal standpoint... ...I'm not being disrespectful to any other past greats... ...but I see him as the best player this club's ever produced. We were clear that we didn't want him to go anywhere. Um, We built the whole team around him basically... ...and he'd had a fantastic year last year. So... Um, we also were very clear that we uh, were very happy with how his contract was in its, in its um, current format. He'd, we'd never play, paid any other player the, the same sort of wage that we paid Craig. Still had two years to run on, on, his, on his contract, um, taking him through to age 34. We obviously wanted to continue to talk about... Extending that contract over the next two years based on how it was going to work out for for Craig and how it was going to work out for ourselves so But what was clearly evident that got um, uh, That Craig got the message across that this was a transformational opportunity for him and his family Um, So once we were, were clear with that we we helped support what eventually took place so Um, We never wanted it to happen this way. We certainly didn't orchestrate the deal ourselves as an organisation and we were forced into a position where we had to sort of do what was best for the club in in the long run.
0: So in in football terms, uh, we understand that it it is a business. We saw um, 24 to 48 hours after that, something on social media from Craig's perspective about the club. Um, if in 12 months' time his uh, Saudi manager changes and they are looking for new foreign players and Craig wants to come back to Australia, the door's still open for a return at Adelaide United. One hundred
1: percent. So it, it, those discussions, th- those comments that he made on social media were surprising, especially given the fact that, that we had a, uh, a very grown-up discussion, him and myself, before he left um, was along the lines of, you're a club great, we don't want you to leave, you're always welcome here. We very much um, hope that we haven't seen the last of him in this great club and we'd like to see him in the colours when he does return. So we're always open we're happy to have him back at any stage.
0: Nathan, I wanted to ask you about the Craig situation because it's it's really bittersweet because I I understand the business of football but it's also a small market team when you think about the, the A-League men's competition. So it must be really challenging on a personal level as well where um, you want the player to stay but you also want them to do what's best for their football career as well. So uh, I'm sure as a club it's it's a reality but it's a challenging reality.
2: Yeah, as uh, Ned alluded to, we never saw it coming in terms of, um, I remember when Craig signed this contract and speaking to him. and his agent that it was sort of not quite the retirement package, but it was his overseas um, uh, career probably come to an end. What we didn't envisage is that he'd have the year that he had and Socceroos and World Cup and um, all of a sudden he put himself in the shop window again, so to speak, and, and with what's happening in Saudi and the investment in football, I think the um, credibility of their football program is is obviously stronger than what it was when Craig was last there, and uh, they're no doubt in looking to, to bring in world-class players and identified Craig, and um, uh, as Ned alluded to, the ins and outs of how it happened were well, not something that we orchestrated or, or wanted for the club, um, but it was ultimately a reality of football, and the... the the money that was on the table, to be perfectly honest, for Craig, is as thing, as he said, was transformational um, for him and his family and the next generation of good ones. So uh, it wasn't a... Um a perfect ending. There was no perfect ending to, to the scenario. What hurt us the most was just the timing of it. You know, we would have, if that was going to happen, it would have been great to happen in June. But that's football. We can't make those decisions. So, um, I think, and no doubt we'll allude to it later when we start to talk about the current squad. I think we've got the underpinning strength there. Whilst we don't have the fanfare associated with a single player, as we, no one does with Craig. I think the program on the back of the work Carl's done over the last three years is, is in a really healthy position and um, it'll open doors for other players to step up. I think the one... I think, I
1: think the other thing there is just to talk about the opportunities that it, that it does create. Um, and I think Carl's going to get into it in a bit more, but I think from talking to the coaches and the coaching staff and the, and the whole playing group... I think there's definitely an excitement about the opportunities that's going to create. I think definitely from a leadership standpoint, there's not going to be any issue around a leadership vacuum with him leading. Um, I think it's fantastic to see uh, Ryan Kiddo step into those shoes and I think he's going to be an equal leader to, to what Craig was for completely different reasons. I think um, Ryan's avenue to get to the great player that we all love and we've seen and been um, rewarded with the captaincy I think he's taken the hard road at every step of his career to get here, and I think that's something that our young list is going to only feed off. So, um, yeah, it certainly it's disappointing, but it creates a lot of opportunities, and I think that uh, there's still a lot to be bullish about this for for this year. I'm really disappointed because before he signed the contract, I said I'd
0: MC his wedding for free, and now I wish he paid me $50,000 US cash. (laughs) Um, So, I don't figure... Forgive Craig Goodwin for that because I have a mortgage and a really needy family. Um, so I'm never speaking to him again. Um, so let's talk about the squad then because I want to move into our um, 20th anniversary in a moment and then throw it out to the floor. So I was really excited to see the news today that Panache Madana has agreed to a contract extension. I'm excited that we get to see Bernardo back for the first time in 12 months. And see Johnny Yale playing well, Luka Jovanovic, Ethan Aligic. I mean, these kids are basically the cornerstone of the next generation of, of footballers for our club. Nathan, can you talk about the squad strategy? I know that um, Tunners has come into the team. Are we expecting any more sightings or is this something that we
2: wait until January for? Uh, to be perfectly honest, we'll wait until January. Um, but to give the, the background around the squad makeup and... Um, to be perfectly honest, because it's a question that gets asked all the time, the lack of signings through this off-season, this, this year being 23-24 being is probably an evolution of the last 24 months. We've been on a trajectory with this group of players for two years, sometimes even longer. Some of these younger boys have been with us for three or four years now. The reason being that we knew we had an exceptional group of young kids coming through. And we say that all the time, and we speak being a youth development club, and, and um, I know uh, Carl and I have the discussion, you know, on one hand, players, fans want to see young South Australians, and then they complain that we're not signing old players. So, but for us, uh, every three or four years, you will get an exceptional group of youngsters. We think that this year we've got that group. And 12 months ago, when Carl and I were starting to, to talk to this year, we knew that there wouldn't be a lot of transfer movement in this, this market. I'd said in my <coughs> update, I think, to fans last year that you know, everyone loves the romance of new signings and the marketing team would probably love us to turn over 10 to 12 players a year because that's 10 to 12 signing announcements and merch opportunities to sell shirts, so on and so forth. But we, we knew that we'd sign one to two this year we were looking at. Midfield was, in Tunnicliffe's position, was a priority for us. Um, It took us a little longer than what we would have liked to find the right player, but we're comfortable that we did in the end. We obviously didn't foresee the Goodwin scenario, and as I mentioned earlier, we didn't have time to solve that problem from a transfer perspective. I think longer term we will, but the quality of young players coming through, I think, will be something that everyone can get not only excited about, but I think they'll have a meaningful impact um, and Carl can probably speak to the names of those players um, when he's on stage. But it's not as though we were sitting here in June, July going, geez, we need to sign some players, what are we going to do? We had this plan in place for a long time. The, the caveat was obviously the Craig scenario, which, which we didn't foresee, which understandably caused some angst. But I think underneath that, as I mentioned earlier, The squad is really good um, and and the longer term extensions to some of these younger players have been done for a reason. um, And also the extensions to some of the senior players in terms of Hiroshi and Zach Clough, Ben Halloran, Isaias, they were done uh, with this season in mind um, that we wanted to secure some senior players for longer term to give these younger boys the opportunity to come through and we think they're gonna do that this year.
0: Ned, uh, final one for you, the, the next three to five years for the club. What's, what's your direction that you see it heading in?
1: Yeah, well, I, th- I think what we've done over the last six months is just put in place the foundations for success. Um, we've put all those building blocks in place, so I think we just want to build on them. Um, in terms of strategy, um, we just want to keep investing with what we've put in place to up until this point in time. So keep investing in youth, Um, We've put in place, we've got brand new, we've invested heavily, we did a A a lot of people here would have seen it. We did a fan segmentation study, so we interviewed 700 fans to understand more about you to make sure that all the content that we're doing from a marketing standpoint, all the messaging and content is is what you want to see. That also filters down into game day experience. We've just appointed a new production agency to do our game day experience. Um, with a brief, basically, just do exactly what FIFA did. So w- we want to in- improve that. We want to make, um, you know, bringing the family along for a, for a game a hell of a lot better experience. And we also want people to sort of linger around, get here earlier, all that type of stuff. So um, we're just going to keep in- improving the experience for, for the fans. Finally for you, Nathan,
0: it's a, it's a celebration this year of, of 20 years. And what I love of where the club sits at the moment is our relationship with our past players the off-season, we welcome Marcelo Carusca back, which is brilliant, and you can see having him having a, a formal official role with the club, but um, how important is it from a club perspective to acknowledge the past while we're focusing on the future?
2: Yeah, it's it's um, who we are, the DNA of the club. We talk about a lot in terms of that community essence and how we were built And um, in 2003. You know, it was in the back of the NSL and... Um, West Adelaide and Adelaide City, and City no longer being a an entity, uh, the essence of how we were formed back then is still part of who we are and we reflect on that a lot with a lot of the decisions we make and, and, and who we try to portray ourselves as um, from a brand point of view. But uh, this year is big for us in that sense. I'm sure there was a lot of people in this room that were here on the 17th of October 2003 for the... The Brisbane Strikers game, I was here, um, it, was an amazing, it was an amazing night. Um, on the back of that we've, we've commissioned a 30-minute documentary which will launch on the 17th. Um, alongside that we've done a hell of a lot of research on our membership data. That's probably been our biggest off-season activity, um, we're trawling through paperwork from 2003, 4 and 5 to try to identify who our original members were in time this walks we've had this question come up as well in the questions in time that will lead to a, a member recognition program so that's something that's come up is you know how are the members that have been 5, 10, 15 year members recognized in a, in a more meaningful way than, than someone that's potentially here for their first year but we've got a list of I think 60 odd members from year one that have been continuous the whole way through so that's something that we'll continue to recognize this year they'll be invited to a a private screening of that um, documentary uh, the night before we go live. so um, And then we'll do some ongoing member recognition throughout the year. But as you alluded to, it's recognising some of those people that were there at the foundation of the club in three A lot of them are still involved. Um, Carl Veart, obviously first goal store, are still here. video lives around the corner. I see my old man occasionally. You know, There's a, there's a lot of um, that uh, 2003 in SOS and still in the club, but it'll be something that we celebrate throughout the year.
0: Thank you both for your time. I want to throw it out to the floor. So the way that we are going to conduct this, because I'm I'm mindful of time, so I'm probably going to allow about four or five questions. If you wanted to raise your hand, if you have a question, and then I can kind of uh, conduct which way this is going. And then if you wanted to direct it to uh, whoever you want to answer it. Joseph, you go first, mate. Joseph, we are just talking about the opportunity to, to volunteer with the club. Is that yep. something he just keeps on communicating the club with?
2: Yeah, we'll have you down whenever you like. I think you've, you've been um, a quasi-media manager for a few... You've interviewed Carl last year, I think. So whenever you want to get involved, just let us know, be it training, game day, um, we've got a new head of media starting on Monday, so I can introduce you to him, and um, we can get you involved again this season.
0: I heard the MC you might be able to take over my job as well if you like Joseph. So you keep you keep telling <laughs> me you're going to take my job. <laughs> well, we'll just tell you what, mate, I'm, you uh, I'm not getting any younger, and I've only got so many voice breaks left in me. So uh, we'll continue. Thank you very much. Has anyone else got one? If you wanted to raise your hand, we can go to you. As we said, um, players want to be uh, the guys want to be pretty transparent.
3: Thank you. Um, so. Ned, today you went on to Channel 10 and discussed the fact the club or the conglomerate have spent almost $8 million or just over $8 million since April. My confusion with relation to that is obviously that figure is going to be different to the debt figure, um, which I'm not asking you to disclose how much was debt. But what I am asking is given the fact that we had a club legend ask for a three-year extension, which I'm very well aware that is the request he made. Why would you let go a player who would only be 35, 36 by the time that extension ends, go when he's bringing in as much money as he is for the club with regards to merchandise and bumps on seats?
1: Yeah, well, well, to be completely transparent, about six million of that was debt and there's been two million of investment since in the last six months. But that still is eight million dollars of investment from the owners over the last six months which is considerable. Um, When it comes back to to answer your question, um, we said from Craig from the the very start, we're going to continue to work with you and we we don't want to let you go at the end of the two years. What we can't do at this stage is commit to paying someone the wage that we're paying at this stage, three years out, not knowing how you're gonna feel, how, how your body's gonna hold up, etc. So we never said that we were gonna stop working with you to ensure that you're here for the long term. We'd also like to think that he comes back. He's got a two year contract over there. So we'd like to think that he returns back after that period of time. So I don't see it as goodbye to Craig Goodwin. Um, I just see it as a pause.
0: a lady at the back over there did you need a microphone we can we can walk with. I okay yeah. um, so the World
4: Cup saw an
1: you doing so yeah so i think one of the key, key things that we were trying to launch for a very long time is a pathway for young girls and boys to actually um, come and be involved with the club and have access to a good football p- program for a very long period of time. Um, and so we did that and our commitment to the, to the future and, and launching off that incredible interest and buzz in, in, um, in, in interest off the back of the World Cup is investing in buying... Marcello Karuskas Academy and rolling that in to become our, our youth football development program. So um, we've already got 500 kids in the program. Uh, it was only launched just over a month ago. So that, I think, is going to be the legacy of the, the Women's World Cup or part of it for, for the way the club sees it. So it's going to be where we're currently at um, three venues. We want to keep expanding on that. We want to take it outside of just the metropolitan area. Um and our goal is that we hope that one day that one of those under six boys or girls who come through the program through the uh, are gonna be fronting up for the senior team for the for the women's or the men's.
0: Got uh general at the back there. Thanks Gary. my um, question to Nate and uh, and probably Ed, in regards to the twentieth
2: anniversary, is there going to be a public function that we all can attend? Yes. So it's a very detailed we, um, answer there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we were Nate's nice we,
2: Yeah, we, we were looking to do something pre-season. If I'm perfectly honest, it just became not viable in terms of it takes time to, to plan. We were only sort of collating our twenty year member data in June, July. So I uh, will do something in January. Uh, so we've got a, a date penciled in and it will date booked in and a venue booked in for that, we'll probably announce it in the next couple of weeks. So that will be a joint function in that it will obviously be an invite to VIPs and those that um, were involved in not only the foundation of the club but the successes in the 20 years. Um, But it will be a public event in terms of tickets can be purchased, Um, uh, we'll recognise our 20-year members at that event. Um, and it'll be an opportunity to take stock and look back and sort of reminisce on some of the, the great moments the club's had over, over 20 years. So, in short, yes, and uh, stay tuned because we're going to announce that in the coming weeks. Yes, One thing that puzzles me about Australian football is when a player moves clubs, the transfer fee is never disclosed. Why is that? And, and what did we get for Craig Goodwin? Um, oh, it's not... An Australian, I think the MLS are maybe the only ones that disclose that because it's a very American thing to disclose salaries and transfers and whatnot. Yeah, so I mean, this transfer fee speculated. I mean, we got we got a reasonable um, fee for for Craig, but it wasn't. It was almost not a discussion around the transfer fee. It was the disparity in salary that was on offer that was that was um, a, a real talking point around the transfer. So. Um, uh we're not going to just get into the the details around individual transfer fees but um we we received the fee obviously for him but it was more as ned alluded to we never wanted him to go one of the questions we had in the the um, registrations was about the craig being on the members cards reality is we chose craig because we thought he was the least likely to leave given that we'd signed him on a three-year deal and a lucrative three-year deal and we didn't expect this scenario to take place so it wasn't about us recouping a fee that wasn't the intent of the move it was more to support the opportunity that it provided so um, without going into detail that's some of the background around the it wasn't a fire sale that's for sure we, we didn't want him to leave
0: can I just ask a quick question before we wrap up so in relation to Nesta is is Nesta with us for the season he and then he uh, travels overseas and that's because of his age we, we keep him until he is able to leave?
2: Yeah, so we, we, we haven't um, agreed to a transfer as yet, but we've had interest from everywhere. Um, we've never had so much interest in a player. But Nesta, FIFA regulations don't provide for him to leave until 1 July next year, so regardless of what happens, he's our player for the full 26-round home and away season, plus finals. Um, Look, if I was suggest that, that something will probably happen in the, the coming months that would provide him the opportunity to go overseas, but um, at the moment he's, he's an Adelaide United player for this season, which is really good.
0: Awesome. Thank you for your transparency. We're going to take a five-minute break, everybody. Can you please put your hands together for Ned and Nathan? We are going to come back with our new captain for our men's team, Ryan Kiddo, and Izzy Hodgson. So we'll be back in five minutes.
5: Save us all my trying not to get wasted, love, wake me up, oh, tell me I'm doing this, this, ain't another wasted love, well, love, love. So, if I knew how to find the words, I'd tell you. I admit that sometimes I can use your help. Keep breaking hearts to pieces. I know I'm the only reason. I'm afraid you're getting over. Us. Wasted. Love, don't give up while you're trying to save us. I'm trying not to get wasted. Love, wake me up. Oh, tell me I'm good Save this ain't another wasted love
6: So. Okay.
0: Thank you, everybody. If I could uh, please ask you to return to your seats, we will continue on with our members' forum. Also, i like to thank the Adelaide United staff member who was uh, conveniently moving the blinds down gradually during that last panel because as the sun was setting, I could see it was smashing Ned and Nathan in the face. So it was just moving down slowly with them. For those of you who sit over this eastern side, of Cooper Stadium, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, It is a celebration. Um, Of course, it's uh, bittersweet that we have lost Craig Goodwin, but uh, with his departure, it had provided an opportunity for us to have another captain wearing that armband, leading us out on match day. And um, I don't think there's anyone more fitting to be our next captain of our A-League men's team than Ryan Kiddo, and of course, leading our women for the season, Izzy Hodgson. Can you please put your hands together for them both? could have kept clapping for another 15 seconds while they were making it <laughs> yeah. Welcome, Captains. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to start with you. Uh, Joseph, I just saw you being interviewed by Joseph, and he was uh, also submitted a couple of questions about your role and how you see it uh, changing this year or evolving.
7: Yes, I just got all the hard-hitting questions from Joseph, so now I feel prepared for this, so thank you for that. <laughs> Um, yeah, obviously it's a great honour for me to get the opportunity to represent the club that I love. I also was here October the 17th, 2003, when my current coach, Carl, scored the, the first goal for the club. So, How old were you then? Uh, nine years old. Oh my gosh, yeah, I feel so, so old. <laughs> Makes us all feel old, don't worry. Um, but no, it's a, it's a great honour for me and I truly am humbled. It's not something I expected to happen. Um, obviously I had the same length contract as Craig and I thought he was obviously going to continue his path here and I was really enjoying working under him and, and learning from him and now I suppose I've got this opportunity, it's up to me to, to step up and, and fill the, the void that he's left.
0: Are you able to share the process of how the captain is decided? Is it, is it a player voted thing, a leadership group, a, a coaching staff thing?
7: Um, I was yeah lucky to, pretty soon after Craig's departure, Cole had a conversation with me and, and said um, he wanted me to lead the club and believed I was the best man for the job and it didn't take long for him to convince me. as You know, he's been a fantastic uh, mentor for me and he's changed my career as a player and, and made me a better person as well. So I was very honoured that he had the faith in me to take this important role and now hopefully I can um, live up to his expectation and do a good job for him.
0: It's fascinating to talk to the members of the playing group. I'm fortunate enough to do that. And say they say that you're the hardest working player at the club, which is brilliant, and how committed you are, which you lead by example. Um, it's also worth noting the leadership of Joe Gauci because he's been absolutely outstanding and what he's been able to do professionally on the pitch, he's worn a couple of caps for the Socceroos, I'm sure we're all quite disappointed he wasn't part of the squad that was announced today but that's fine, his time will certainly come again but um, it also means that you have leadership all over the pitch going into match day which would make you feel a lot more at ease.
7: Yeah definitely, um, the strength of our squad is our togetherness and that team first approach and I think it's important that we acknowledge that, yeah, Joe has been elevated into the leadership group at, at his young age, the uh, maturity that he's shown as a player and as a professional. He's always the first one into training and the last one to leave, and he's also had a hard journey to get to where he wants to be. He's had three clubs already, and um, he's going to continue to be a, a great role model for for our young group, and I think it's also important to say that, obviously, Ben Halloran will also be in the leadership group. and. Ben will be in the group because um, he's, he's an individual who just looks after the whole person. He really has that holistic approach and not only here at Adelaide United do we want to create uh, good players, but we want to create good people and Ben's the perfect for that role. Izzy, what's going on with your right foot, please?
4: Yeah, it's not doing too good, unfortunately. Had a bit of an injury last week in pre-season training. So, um, yeah, the new Nikes are out. They look good.
0: So how long are you going to be in that thing for? Are you wearing a thong as well on that?
4: <laughs> no, it's just a bit of extra padding, to make okay. it feel a bit more comfy. It looks a bit odd, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I've got another week in this and then I'm um, working the ankle back in, so I probably missed the first couple of games, unfortunately, but um, that's football and injuries happen.
0: Let's talk about the FIFA Women's World Cup. There were a handful of your current and former teammates who were part of the on-field team that were piecing together the match day, and you could just see... The pure joy on their faces to be part of it. Uh, For those of you who don't know, a lot of the A-League women players also played in this really weird thing called a validation match the night before the first game here. So I think it was the Sunday night. We were here until about 8.30, 9 o'clock where FIFA were trying to test out how the VAR worked, how the referees' microphones worked. So we had a handful of our A-League women players and WNPL players come out onto the pitch and play a pretend game for 20 minutes where we had to test penalties, VAR, um, yellow cards, red cards, and it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. However, they they looked so happy that they got to be part of the whole experience. It, It doesn't just do amazing things for them as people, but for women and for women's football, Have you had time to reflect on the significant impact it's had and will have?
4: Yeah, I think, I mean, it was fantastic. And I think just to see, like, this stadium, like the stadium we call home, just filled with people watching women's football was just, like, fantastic. And, you know, friends and family who've, you know, barely watched me play are suddenly oh, how was the Matildas game last night? How fantastic was this? And conversations with people about football who I've known my whole life and have never really had an interest. So it's just been fantastic and I hope that continues to grow, that, that interest in the sport and, you know, we, we filled the stadium here for some FIFA games and I hope we can do the same for, for the A-League women.
0: And we get to have a game in a few weeks' time here at Cooper Stadium to start the season, which is certainly something which is rightfully so for the women and you love playing here. So Are you looking forward to being a part of that because this could really set the pathway to fill up the stadium as much as possible and eventually, we won't have to go to Service FM or for Martin. We can just come here all the time.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think as a playing group, like, we feel like this is our home. Um, so any opportunity we have to play here, we want to take it with both hands. Um, I think we play really well here, and um, it's where our community is. It's where we feel at most at home. So, yeah, it's fantastic. We get a standalone game to open up our season, especially right off the World Cup. I think that's fantastic timing. And um, we've got a double, a couple of double headers. It's a tongue twister. Um you know, lined up as well. So the thing, the more we can get out here and the more the fans come and watch us, it's just going to be fantastic.
0: Ryan, I wanted to ask you about Craig because from a player's perspective, we've heard from Ned and from Nathan, we've heard from the members and the fans. Um, as a current player, do you see this as a bittersweet thing where obviously you don't want to lose Craig but you also see that as a player sometimes you just can't say no to opportunities?
7: Yeah, absolutely. I was obviously had a fantastic relationship with Craig both on and off the field and this was a life-changing opportunity for him. Um and now it opens up an opportunity and since his departure you know I think it's, you know, it's not the right word to say that we relied on him but he played such an important role for our team and I can truly say in the last four weeks the step up in intensity from all the players and especially the young players they now see an opportunity they see a chance. So we're going to continue to drive those standards, expectations and that team first approach and hopefully create the platform for the next Craig Goodwin to step up and and take that chance.
0: Some people thriving on that opportunity too. We've had the opportunity to play against a couple of A-League sides in the pre-season and and you haven't spoken enough about your incredible goal that you scored the other day at Amy Park, which is absolutely amazing. Um, And you're very humble, so I can talk about that. Have a look on social media. Um, But it gives us an opportunity in the absence of Craig to try new things, to move the ball through different people and some of our young kids who are part
7: of the MPL championship winning team, they get to mature too. Yeah, definitely and I can only reiterate what um, Nathan has said in terms of this young group of players that are coming through. I get to see them every single day and they are an incredible group and we have been lucky enough to have sustained success and be challenging in finals whilst giving these players opportunities. And now it's over to them to really step up and, and make that chance theirs. Um, so we're just going to, like I said, continue to give them that opportunity and it's up to them if they want to take it.
0: There's a, an overall theme from a handful of the players that there's a burning desire that the season couldn't come around quick enough because of the way that our season finished last season. Has that been that mentality going into this preseason?
7: Definitely, I think it has for the last however many pre-season for me. I think I've now played in four semi-finals and we've fallen at every single one. So that um, I'm definitely not finishing my career without bringing home another championship for this club because that would be so special for me. Um, so we're just working every single day. We we have that desire, and you know they say you have to lose a few to to have that appreciation and we've lost more than a few so we definitely have that desire and we're doing everything we can.
0: Uh, Just before we go to Izzy, finally for you, Ryan, can you tell us a little bit about Tunners? Had a chat to him the other day, he's your your typical Englishman, which is fantastic, I love that, but his experience, if you have a look at his resume, is fantastic. What's he going to
7: provide to the playing group? Yeah, first and foremost experience, like you said, um, He's fit into the group really well um, as a player and as a person, which is really important. We don't just want to bring anyone into this team. They they need to fit into what we're doing and um, have a real positive influence around the change room. That's really important to us as a playing group and also the coaches and club. And, and he's come in and done that, and he's going to bring a wealth of experience. He's played over 250 games in the championship, which is a phenomenal level, and already you can see how he's talking with every player on the field. He's not just you know, he's helping the young boys, but he's helping me, and those standards that he's driving, um, I think it's you know, it's only going to benefit us. And I love him as well because he does a lot of dirty work, so I think we're going to enjoy admiring all the little 1% things that maybe we've been missing over the last couple of seasons. When you say dirty
0: work, it's not red card dirty work, is it? No. Fantastic. Yeah, he doesn't need, leave
7: anything out there. It's all right,
0: because, I mean, that is not the captain we want, <laughs> just asking <laughs> who can get the most red cards. Um, Izzy, finally for you, uh, I spoke to Ryan about the, the burning desire and unfinished business. Um, it's, it's an understatement to say last season was disappointing for yourself and the playing squad because we know what we're capable of. What's it been like in the pre-season um, knowing the limit that the team has?
4: Yeah I think obviously last season wasn't our best and you know as a playing group we know that and we're striving um, to do a lot better but I think as our pre-season has started it's obviously a lot shorter than the men. Um, we've really gone in um, at guns blazing, we've we've come flying and um, Stence will probably talk a little bit about the players we've brought in but there's a lot of fresh talent in there and some exciting players to watch and um, like especially now from the sidelines watching, um, it's still exciting to look at, and we're scoring a lot of goals, and we're playing some great football. So I'm so excited to watch this team um, grow, and obviously with new players, it takes some time to to gel, but they're gelling well, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to what they can do.
0: Well, get better very soon. Hopefully, you see you out training very soon. And congratulations to you, Ryan. Please put your hands together for Ryan Kiddo and Izzy Hodgson. <laughs> We are going to continue on and uh, keep that applause going. Can you please welcome our Head Coaches Carl Viet and Adrian Stenter. I have left a little bit of time after I ask a couple of questions to Carl and Adrian because I know you have some questions as well so we'll throw it out to you and then at the conclusion of that we will be able to award our uh, door prize the uh, playing shirts which is awesome. Uh, stents I want to start with you. Congratulations. What what does full time mean though when um, Ned and Nathan talk about you being full time now? It can only mean good things I feel in the commitment that you have to the team and the time that you can now put into it.
8: Yeah, um, I've been putting in that time. Full-time probably means I can sleep, actually. <laughs> and I don't have to go to, to school and, um, you know, be a school teacher during the day and, and work two full-time jobs, essentially. So it just gives me the opportunity to, um, you know, to, to do the job the way it needs to be done uh, with the support of the club. So I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Um, I see it as a, as a really good step forward for, you know, for women's sport and women's football. In this state and uh, you know I'm really proud to be the first person that's had the opportunity to lead a, a women's football team here full-time.
0: We get to do that for the first game here at uh, Cooper Stadium which is fantastic. What will that mean for the team and also the growth of women's football following on from the World Cup?
8: Yeah I think it's a really good move by the league. Uh, the APL often gets criticized for a lot of things um, but I think deciding to, to give the women fresh clean air uh, to start their season in a, in a standalone game at major stadia around the country, so all of the games are being played at major stadia around the country. Um, We love playing here, it gives us an opportunity to come back here and and play in front of hopefully a big crowd Um, and it just gives us a a chance to start the season off really well and generate some momentum off the back of the Women's World Cup that hopefully we can bring new fans out and, and keep them sustained with us throughout the whole season.
0: Carl, we've heard from uh, the people in the front office. We've heard from the captain. I want to hear from you in regards to Craig Goodwin because you're going to get asked about it. So your initial thoughts, I'm sure, were surprised, and then how are you feeling about it now.
9: Yeah, I'm, I'm the same as everyone else, disappointed um, to leave, to lose our best player. But um, you know the, the opportunity that came for Craig. It was um, you know when I sat down and spoke to him, um, you know. He knows how much I valued him and how much I wanted him to stay. But in the end, I said to him, you know, we have a short football career. You don't want to, you know, sit back in 10 years' time and say, I wish I went there and played against those quality players. Um, So, and I said to him, you know, he's got another World Cup that he has to get to. Um, So, he needs to be playing at a good level against, you know, um, big players. And that's an opportunity there for him. So, um, you know, he'll always, you know have Adelaide United here when he, when he finishes over in, in Saudi.
0: What does this mean for you now as the coach of the team in the way that we play football, the opportunity uh, that is presented to some other players now to make their mark on the season?
9: Yeah, I, I think Nathan touched on it earlier. We, you know, we um, you know, started planning for this season you know, 12 months out of what players we had and which players um, were coming through. Um, you know we gave uh, a taste of um professional football to a lot of those young boys last season, and um for them to make that next step we we had to make sure we had um a squad where they could they could play um but also have um experienced players around them to support them because young players can be inconsistent um, so it 's important um you know i think uh, there 's been a lot of talk about you know. Um, about Craig, but, you know, you got to um, talk about, um, you know, the young players there that, um, you know, they've had success this year in the NPL um, and we, we've got some of the best young players in this country. You know, um, you know I, I know a lot of people have seen a lot of Nesta. You know, we'll, we'll see a lot more of Nesta this season. He'll get a lot more minutes. Um, and, you know, I think the standout player for us this year will be Johnny Yale He is, um, you know, he's been fantastic so far in pre-season and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised by the end of the this season that he's playing for the Socceroos, he's actually um, making huge steps. And, you know, we've got Luke Dazelle, we've got Luka Jovanovic, um, Bernardo, who hardly played last year through injury. He's coming back, um, you know, Popper hopefully can get back to where he was when he first came in. You know, Joe gouchy still quite a young player as well. Um, we've got, um, you know, young Panash coming through as well. Um, young Giuseppe Bovolina who played in the FA Cup games, um, was outstanding as well. So we've got a lot of young Exciting young players there, but they've earned the right to, to play in in the team, um, and they're going to be exciting um, players because they they certainly go um, pretty hard.
0: And I, I like that you mentioned Johnny because we've been waiting a long time to see um, Johnny make his mark on the league. But some of the other things that you mentioned was players earning the right to do that, and we welcomed Jay Barnett and Luke Duzell in the middle of last season, and they they earned their opportunity, and we saw Luke as part of the the MPL Championship side. Um, is it, is it pleasing to have a, a squad which the majority are fit now? Because we finished last season with the absence of Hiroshi. We never know um, what Zach Clough's going to be like. We need him at full fitness. Bernardo didn't play. We talk about Popper, who didn't feature in the squad towards the end. Harry Van Sarg, who we're still waiting to come back from injury. So when you can actually pick from a full-strength side, it's quite exciting.
9: Yeah, it's very exciting. As I said, um, it, it's, it takes a while to, to get the squad balance right. And I think... Um, we're we're there, and that's why you know we let some of the go of the players that we let go at the end of last season. Um, with that in mind, to make sure we've got can get enough game time into the young players, um, you know, and I think they showed that last week when the, our friendly game against Melbourne Victory. You know, our, our midfielders were all under the age of 21 that that played against Melbourne Victory, and we got a good result. And they those three young boys that played in the midfield controlled the whole game, um, and they were playing against um, you know players that have been you know got 150 200 games in the A League, so. It's it's there. It's just that um, you know we need to have the belief in them, and that's what I you know I've said since I've got the job here. Um, we need to provide those um, platforms for South Australian players, um, and that's what we're doing. And and those, as I said, those South Australian players have to earn that right, and I believe these young boys have done that. So um, let's see how they go.
0: Stents, can you talk about your squad? We know that uh, Fiona Wurtz has departed, so she's signed with uh, Sydney FC. Um, A disappointing year for her last year for her standards, so um, the decision behind letting her explore other opportunities, and who else can we see making up the squad?
8: Yeah, um, not too dissimilar to, you know, all the talk around, uh, you know, losing Craig. Um, It's not often that you have a a Julie Dolan medalist and a a Dialogic medalist as well. She won our best and fairest and was top goal scorer a couple of seasons ago, Uh, you know, leave the club. Um, But, uh, you know, at the time we sort of met after the end of last season, Fiona was a bit up in the air about what she wanted to do with her football in general. Um, And so, you know, we as a club made a conscious decision to, uh, you know, look at different ways that we could build the squad and and bring in some, uh, you know, a range of attacking players, uh, you know, to fill the role that has been left behind by her not returning. Um, And we feel like we've got a much better balance across the squad uh, rather than relying on, you know, just the one or, or two players to contribute the majority of the goals for our team. Uh, and that was an issue for us last year, you know, we just couldn't score goals. Um, and the way we played and the, the, the team that we put out week by week wasn't too different from the year before when we were able to score goals for fun. Um, so I like my teams to play uh, attacking, I like us to create lots of goal scoring opportunities and to, and to score lots of goals and be entertaining. So hopefully we see a return to that this year, um, and what it has done, whilst we will feel her absence, um, it has enabled me to bring in three or four really good quality attacking players, I believe uh, at least one of them perhaps will be announced tomorrow, but some other good young players that have uh, come from other A-League clubs as well, and also continue to promote the fantastic you know, uh, South Australian attacking players that we have in our squad, like an Amelia Murray, a, a Katie Bowler. Um, so, top that up with a, you know, a visa player who's going to be announced tomorrow and the likes of a, a, an Alani Janchevski who's been signed from Perth Glory, fantastic uh, attacking footballer, Hannah Blake, who's a New Zealand international as well, has come in and has looked really good in pre-season. So, I feel like we've got multiple avenues to goal this year um, and so that will take pressure off those, you know, those one or two players that we've been expecting so much from in previous seasons. Uh, a couple
0: more for you, Carl, before we throw it out to our members. You mentioned Nesta before. So you're saying he's going to probably be exposed to more minutes. Does that mean more opportunity, potentially, for him to start this season?
9: Um, yeah, look, he that's up to him, um, how hard he wants to work. Um, he um, has the quality. Um, it's just a matter of um, him being able to... to get the best out of himself in, in games. And, and I, I said to him, it's up to him. If he wants to start, he has to show to me that he wants to start. Uh,
0: and finally, if uh, Ned and Nathan came up to you in January and said, uh, pick a position, uh, we need to help build this squad to win the championship, who are we looking for? What type of player?
9: Yeah, that's a, that's a difficult one. We're still, uh, I know Nathan said we're um, most probably in January window, we're still looking at the moment. We still have a visa spot. So we're always looking um, and we we signed um, Ryan, you know, to to bolster the midfield because we've got a lot of young boys in, in the midfield, so we need that experience there. And it's the same as in the attacking line. We've got a lot of young players there, so we just need maybe another experienced player across that attacking line to just to help um, with the to help develop those younger players as well to keep making them improve. Uh, just finally,
0: Ryan Kiddo as captain, why did you choose him?
9: Um, I, as I said, I think. Um, when I spoke to to Ryan, the resilience that he's shown to get to where he is now, um, the way he he plays um, on the pitch, and the way he is in the in the change room, and the way he um, um, helps the younger players, um, I just think it, it was a, a perfect choice. It was um, it was a fairly it was a very easy decision, and I think um, you know, once Craig had made that decision to go, I, um, I spoke to to Ryan in mel. It was in Melbourne Airport after we had played a friendly game against Melbourne City, so I. I already sort of knew straight away um, that he was the, the perfect um, replacement.
0: Do you both feel as old as me when you think back to 2003? Because I, I had hair in 2003, not March. <laughs> but um, do you both feel quite old thinking about it?
9: Um, yeah, I, I definitely do. Um, you know, being part of that um, first, first season was um, very special. Um, you know, and again, you know, that first, that first team was, was majority based South um, Australian players. And I, I think that's something that the club, um, that's why w- we have success um, is when we have a, a lot of that South Australian players in, in the team. And, you know, I was brought up, um, you know, I go back to my time giving an opportunity, a great um, club at the time in Adelaide City as a young player. So I want to make sure we have that um, available now to South Australian um, players. Stench, you still have beautiful hair, but do you still feel old looking back 20 years?
8: No, I still feel like I'm 18, you know. I know I'm not, but, (laughs) yeah, I'll certainly carry on like that (laughs) anyway.
0: Do we have any questions out here on the floor? We'll go at the back there. We have time for a couple of questions. Yes, go for it.
9: Yeah, um, we've brought another um, staff member in on our strength and conditioning side to help um, with that, to manage the players' loads and to make sure we look after the players that are, are returning from, from injury and also to provide um, more resources in the gym and on getting, making sure the players stay fit. Uh, we've also brought a, a, um, a video analyst in as well that um, takes a lot of... Um, um, time and energy away from from me because last year I, well since I've been coach I've been doing the video analysis um, which takes a lot of time. So, um, we're providing um, which you know, I'm sure the players have already seen in pre season now that we're we're now filming all of our training sessions and and providing that um, as a learning tool to players. So after training sessions we can go sit in the in in the in the video room and and go through things that we're doing at training with the players. So um, we're, we're showing that we're going to invest a lot more now in these younger players as well to make sure we we give them everything to to make sure they can um, achieve their goals.
10: Ned, you said um, we must take the next step on the field and that's been well qualified by the speakers with um, the new players coming in, etc. But it was refreshing that... uh, Carl and Nathan did say that uh, we will still pursue if need be a, an attacking player because we've got to remember we've lost Assad, we've lost George, Craig's gone and if I'm correct Craig was the only scorer for us in the final series so we really are um, hoping that, these, that, the, that the young kids coming from the NPL in particular are uh, going to pull on the boots for us. Speaking of off the field, I asked this question last year and I didn't really get a definitive answer and it was to do with the Red Army. Uh, and you, whoever sp- sp- gave me the answer talked about bringing the Red Army sort of more under the umbrella of the, the club because um, we've got to remember now that uh, Melbourne Victory supporters are allowed to come back in. They make a racket and we're, we've, we've got to drown them out. Can somebody please tell me a little bit about... ...what's taking place with the Red Army?
9: I think... Um, I
0: think Nathan's Nathan's going to answer. Oh, hold on. Is this on? I think we need to turn all microphones on. It's We're now good. an all-in.
6: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as Secretary of the Red Army, I can confirm... ...we are building uh, as much as we can... ...to making sure there's enough noise out there. As you saw last season, we have been improving in regards to the drumming. We're getting some chance out there at the moment that we're trying to get the crowd together. What I will say this though, so, when we have a bay here, all right, it's very hard when you've got people who come in, rush in and sit down. That's an active support bay. If you want to be involved, we need you to be active. It's as simple as that. It is really, really taxing when you have families come in and I'm more than happy with having families in because we're inclusive. But you can't just sit there and expect everyone to sit down around you in an active support bay. Um, I will drum to the point where my knuckles are blooded for 90 minutes for this team. I ask only a little bit of that from everyone else. If you hear a chant, get up, start chanting along with us. All right, all of our chants are available online. We're more than happy for you to join in with us. So it's not just about us. It's about the People's Club, and we want you involved as well. (laughs) uh,
1: Just like to say also, um, we pay for our tickets and memberships like everyone else. I'm also part of the Red Army. Um, We're fans like everyone else. We're not actually being paid to drum or chant or do anything else. We do it because we love this team. We want to make noise, we want to drown out the victory supporters, but people expect us to, but don't actually help. So, just keep in mind that we're more or less volunteers and we pay just like everyone else that comes to the game and we do it because we love the team and we want to make noise.
2: Two quick things, Um, so the We're investigating safe standing, as you'll see at Combank and Allianz in Sydney, um, to resolve the problem um, that Robbie just alluded to. And the other one, there's quite a few of them in the room tonight, is um, we've established the the member representative group, um, which is um, now consistent throughout the league, and one of the mandates of that group is to actually work collectively. It's not a Red Army group, it's a a representative of all members and fans. Bring fan issues to the table on a more regular basis than once a year so to discuss things like active support along with everything else that we do Um, we had a first meeting about two weeks ago which was really good so we'll now meet three to four times during the season to continue to look at how we make that match day experience better so um, if you are engaged um, with any of those representatives so there are a few here but but they'll be a good voice for the fans throughout the season as well
0: can I just say it's a credit to the Red Army as well, La- last season is the loudest and most engaged I've heard the Red Army over the past five years Like, and that's been absolutely incredible also because of how many people have been filling up the venue from where I'm standing in the tunnel when I'm allowed to and I don't get kicked out, um, it's been absolutely incredible and like the noise that is generated is epic because not only are you doing it from where you are? are you Are bringing everyone else in? And that I've noticed that year on year on year. So it's absolutely growing and you should be really proud of everything you do. We had a question at the back here and then we're going to wrap up. Joseph, you can ask yours once we're finished, mate, if that's all right. You can, you can speak to the boys privately. I've got you a one-on-one uh, consult with them, which I know you're up and about for. Let's go at the back.
9: Um, at, the, at the moment, it's a promotion from from within. Um, at the moment, um, Bernardo, who didn't play last year, he um, has had a a great pre-season so far. He's um, looking very sharp and very um, very hungry. Um, so at this stage, it will be between him and Nesta that will, will um, fill that spot.
0: The formalities are going to conclude at uh, eight twenty tonight, so we've got a, a couple of minutes for you to hang around and have some photos and things like that. I wanted you to put your hands together for Colvin and Adrian Stenta, and thank you everybody for submitting your questions tonight. We understand that it is very exciting uh, building up to the season, and we can't wait to have here you here at Cooper Stadium. Um, congratulations to Dan Rudder and to Summer McKenna, who are the winners of our door prize as well. So make sure you come and see me. I'll be able to direct you about where you get your prize. I'll go and see Christina there. She'll be able to hook you up. Thank you very much for being here tonight. As I said, we're, we're going to leave the doors open for another five to ten minutes. So if you want to stick around, have a chat. Again, uh, on behalf of the club, we understand it's a, a weeknight, a Thursday night. It's school holidays, so I don't know if you've left your kids in the car with the window down or something, and that's okay. Um, thanks for supporting Adelaide United. I have to attend to my kids who are in the car with the windows down. So We'll see you very soon.